She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. They were, they were labeled the two handsome bachelors. I am 40 years old, and my husband gave me a hickey. I mean, you can buy a penis, right, in a store. It comes in plastic, and you can wash it, and, you know, the, the, all the things with those. You know what it was? It was Arizona and Cali and Mark. It is terrible, and everybody should have it burned into their memories because it's that amazing. Meet my energy. <laughs> I went Don't with come ASM- me like that. <laughs> went with ASMR to screw with you today. <laughs> Don't come in like that. No. So we're not gonna, without spoiling too much for the besties because they're going to have to see it on our socials. Yeah, we did the same book and the same audio for <laughs> bench reels for <laughs> next couple weeks. Oh my gosh! How did we do that? We didn't even plan it. I. We didn't even discuss it. I made it today right before we came on. And I was like, Molly, you have to go listen to this. Watch this reel that I just made. And yeah. (laughs) I I heard the sound and I instant, like no makeup, no hair. My hair was dirty. I heard the sound. I was like, I need to use this and make it. And that's just so funny. We're having a lot of fun with our social media. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram. Um, We've been having fun with the reels. Yeah, and the, I've, the, the the TikTokers. I'm not personally on TikTok. Um, I am on Instagram. Not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored on any of that. Um, not for real. But yeah. I I really have fun making the reels. Uh, They're fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I like it. So, um, so what, can can I just tell you really quickly that I am 40 years old? We right? all know this. Yes, this is community knowledge. I am 40 years old, and my husband gave me a hickey. <laughs> And when I said to him, when I said to him, you realize you gave me a hickey, he said, you're welcome. And I said, am I? Am I? (laughs) I teach middle school. Who is this for, Tom? Really? Right. Who is this for? I mean, it's, it could be worse. He could have like peed in a circle to mark his territory around me. So this could be worse. But like, who are you like? Who, who who are we preventing? Like, are the are the thirteen year olds coming hard? Like, are they like really coming at it? <laughs> Do you have an influx of admirers at school all of a sudden? <laughs> Teen boys are weird. You never know. <laughs> Lord, I hope not. Um. <laughs> so this week's book, yes, another Molly book. pick, mm. the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I can't say the word husbands anymore. By uh, Taylor, Taylor Jenkins Reed. That's a mouthful. And uh, this is all over the social media right now. So if you're on social media, you've probably seen it. Um, that's, I think, probably how I knew about it. I saw it in a bookstore and, and I was in the bookstore with my friend Megan. And it was the same time that I saw... Uh, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and both mm-hmm. of them just screamed Megan and Molly books to me. Um, but I actually have read a previous book by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which is uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. How is it? How was uh, it? It's a fantastic audiobook. So it's meant to be an oral history. Interesting. Uh, an oral history project of a fictional band called Daisy Jones and the Six. And um, there's a great plot twist in it. I can't imagine actually reading that book because it is an oral history, so I feel like you need the voices. It's all over the place. Yeah, but the audiobook was fantastic, and it has, like, a full – it has an A-list cast. Like, there are people in really? there that you would know from you movies and things. That's like, awesome. Um, so, I liked yeah. the audiobook of this. I so enjoyed I, the audiobook. I did the audiobook for it as well. Um, I did have a physical copy that I checked out from the library. It had a huge wait list. I didn't think I was going to get it. Um, in time for me to actually look through mm-hmm. it because I wanted to look through it to see what the format well, was. What's really interesting how they did the news articles right. and yeah. the husbands. And you absolutely, if you read this as an audiobook, and Molly's right, the narrators in the audiobook are pretty good. So if you read this as an audiobook, do yourself a favor and just look at a physical copy of it so that you can Go see the Go on Amazon and skim through the 
e-pages. Yeah. Because um, here, this is uh, halfway through the book or so, uh, 160-ish. They have the the right. actual news articles written. Right, right. And as, of course, they're fictional, but... Um, so I did get the book from the library. It's loosely but, fictional, and we're going to talk about that. Well, <laughs> um, I, th- I did get the physical book from the library. I had to return it because, again, it had a huge wait list because this book is mm-hmm. wildly popular right now. Um, and so that's what we're talking about today for oh. our second historical fiction for the month of March. I love you. Hmm. I'm writing a question I just thought of. I'm honestly still running on a high from last week where we interviewed Francesca Zappia. Oh, yeah. Chessie. I mean, incredible. Incredible. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go listen. She's our first author visit, first author to be on the pod. she's coming back. She's already told us that. Yeah. And that wasn't just like blowing smoke after we filmed. um, She was like, no, I really. 30 plus minutes. I really do want to come on again. Yeah. So. We all had like things to do, including Mm -hmm. Chessie herself. And we just. Yeah. Instead of doing the things that all three of us were required to do. Yeah. We talked because, right. you know, we're friends now. She's a book bestie. <laughs> we've, we've deemed her an honorary uh, bestie for sure. For sure. It's great. For My sure, shirt says sure. Raised by Libraries. Isn't that adorable? It is. It's pretty. I like that color on you, too. It's pretty. Thank you. I love blues on me. Would you like my synapses? Oh, my gosh. I would so much like it. So we meet Monica. Monique. Oh, my God. Why do I call her Monica? We Not meet Monica. Monique. No. We meet Monique as she gets the assignment of a lifetime, an interview with the one and only Evelyn Hugo. Evelyn hasn't done an interview in years, and she's requested Monique specifically. When Monique arrives, she gets way more than she bargained for. Evelyn does not want to be in the magazine. Instead, she wants Monique to write her life story and publish it after her, Evelyn Hugo's, death. In telling of her story, we learn way more about Evelyn than we ever expected. Yeah. Um, I, you did, I don't know what to expect because... You did an awesome breakdown of the husbands. Yeah. Uh, could you just give their names as they're broken? Like, would you do me the favor of reading them off? Because the way Evelyn describes each husband yeah. really talks about who they were to her and how she sees them right. so, in the long run. And each of these... Uh, sections of the, the story is essentially seven parts right so yeah. it's seven parts because it's seven husbands um so the first is poor ernie diaz which is her first <laughs> husband husband uh molly i don't say this word okay you want me to say it let me get to it it's gd don adler okay there you go that works um gullible mick riva uh, clever Rex North, brilliant, kind-hearted, tortured Harry Cameron. Oh, Harry! Disappointing Max Gerard. Sex, sex. <laughs> Agreeable Robert Jameson. Yep, and that is the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So let's get into these questions. So. This is the one you hated the least, if I recall. Sure, it is the one of the three historical <laughs> fiction books that you made me read this month that I hated the least. That's a start. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. <sighs> Does it mean I liked it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it There's, does not mean I liked it. <laughs> there are so many places we could start with this, but I want to start with the writing. What did you think of the breakdown of the different voices as we went along? We have media clips. We get Evelyn's point of view and Monique's point of view. How did you feel about this? So that's why I needed to see the physical book. But I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think that the media clips were necessary to the story. I think it's a nice ad for the physical book. I don't think it's necessary. I think what she's trying to do is what she did with Daisy Jones in the Six, which is make it more of like, this is a real story. Mm-hmm. But we all know this is fiction. Like, honestly, when I was listening to Davy jo- Daisy Jones. Jason. Right. <laughs> well, the scene with Daisy Jones in the Six, which kind of similar, it, it, it resembles several 
bands of the 70s. Mm. But um, but when I was reading that book, I had to actually stop and think to myself, is this a real band? Because I didn't think it was. And like, you, which it isn't. But there's actually a song in that book that you can listen to. Like, they created mm-hmm. the song. Like, for real. Like, in real yeah. life, you can listen to it. So I think what she was doing was pushing that too hard. I don't okay. think that those were necessary. You think she was piggybacking off of the style she created for the first one? Yeah. Hoping yeah. it would build an audience. I mean, people but really this love this book. But this isn't an oral history like that one was. And mm-hmm. so I don't feel like it was as relevant. I also don't feel like it was as relevant to have um, the two stories parallel each other. Like, I understand the purpose of that because mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil the ending yet. We will spoil right. the ending we'll get there. Yeah, we always but do. I, but I, I understand why she had Monique's story and Evelyn's story parallel each other. But I think it would have just been a better book if we just read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And we didn't have Monique's story at all. So I like this. And I, I want to defend mm-hmm. the opposite. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't... surprise. <laughs> I felt they were more like... Um, Monique is slowly learning about her. And I feel like the clips are part of Monique's research right we're not getting after she spends her day because she's spending her days with evelyn and evelyn kind of gives her a husband a day as we go right yeah and i feel like that's just monique goes home she sits down and she starts doing research and she finds these clips and i just feel like they're just a portion of her research and i feel like it helps you understand monique more than it helps you understand evelyn I mean, I don't think you're wrong in what you're saying, that that is the purpose of including the clips, but I still don't think they were necessary. Oh, I enjoyed it. And, but I also, I love historical fiction, so I like that added detail. But she's um, building, she's building a history here that she right. could have just built through the story and not and, needing to world build more. Right. Like, and, it doesn't need world building. It's not a fantasy novel. Like, you don't right. need to build the world. Right. She wants us to know this fake version of Hollywood, which, uh-huh. babe, you didn't stretch too far. That was pretty realistic on how yeah. these people were. Right. Um, but I like, because of the surprise twist, uh-huh. I liked having both storylines, especially with the growth you get from Monique and I feel like even Evelyn grows as she's telling her story. I don't agree with that. I think Ooh. Evelyn is who Evelyn is from the time that she walks up to Ernie. What's his name? Ernie Diaz and propositions him to marriage so she can go to Hollywood. She is the same person then that she is at the end of the book. Mm. I don't know. I feel like to be at the end of And I days. kept picturing her. I kept picturing her. She's uh-huh. far more glamorous than this woman, yeah. but I kept picturing her looking like B. Arthur in the days, yes. like the Golden Girl days. And and I'm I mean that's not to say B. Arthur wasn't glamorous, but she had more of a, a masculine style. And for some reason, like that's what strong I see. features, yes. yeah. And that's what I was kind of like picturing. B. Arthur was like. a marine. She was a badass. Like she sure yeah. as fuck was. She was a badass. Um, but I kept picturing that, and I, and I don't think that's what our author wanted us to picture. I think they wanted us to picture somebody more glamorous. glamorous right. Like, um, Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Or Audrey Hepburn or, yeah. um, you know, something in that, um, in that film star, mm-hmm. you know, golden age. Right. Um, but that's not how I pictured Evelyn um, would, in my head. Would you say this book is well-written? Um, I'm not going to say that she's a bad writer because she's not. She's a good writer. Um, I, I don't think, think I don't think this story was to me as well. Um, right, you have context for her other books, so you right. know the difference, right? And and the and Daisy Jones and the Six is like a really good book. Like it's one that I actually put on our original pod list, and We're I have it, to add this. Well, that I took, to next I season. took it off because I feel like it's one that our our listeners, not everyone who listens to us, likes audiobooks. They want a physical right. book. And I feel like it's one that the physical book would be too complicated. Like it just surprised me that it had such have a to following. see it to to make a judgment. Yeah. I think but um, for me, for me, it wasn't it. Like she's not a bad writer. I'm not going to say that. Not we, a bad writer. We have I, read books that I've been like, this person is a bad writer. A writer. I don't think she's a bad writer. I think Mm-mm. there is times. I feel like. I hope this makes sense. I feel like the language is simple. Does that make sense? Um. Yes. 
For but sophisticated as Evelyn is supposed to be, and as right, eloquent as a writer as Monique, as Monique is supposed is, to be. I yeah. feel like, okay, starting Evelyn with basic language when she's young, mm-hmm. fine. But right. as she's maturing and growing and becoming this starlet and becoming this famous, mm-hmm. well-spoken actress and having, I feel mm-hmm. like her dynamic and her verbiage and her manage, you know, her mannerisms would change. Mm-hmm. And that would change. And you should see that change in the writing. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it just but didn't that's, happen. But that's the problem that I have with this book in the changing uh, the tenses. Because mm-hmm. when we switch to not tense, yeah, tenses. Yes, when, it is tenses. We, yeah. When we switch to the parts where Evelyn is telling Monique the story, it's not her telling the story. It's not her having an oral history. It's not her being interviewed. It's the story. Right. Whereas, like, last week when we were talking to Chesie, one of the things we talked about was there was a clear differentiation between this is the memories that Kat's experiencing versus this is the present. And for me, you are doing a story where someone is being interviewed. So Mm -hmm. the tense should not change. This should be her reflecting on the past as opposed to this is being written in present tense. It It really took me out of it. It bothered me. You know, and what would have really helped in the audiobook version was when you when she dives starts diving into the past and she's talking in past tense mm-hmm. um she's recording this right right she, so there should have been some sort of static just a faint little bit well, of static in the background letting you know it's a recording also well i don't know that i would have like needed it to be that specific but what i needed was in the I chapters like <laughs> in the chapters yeah. where monique is the mm-hmm. speaker and she and Evelyn is talking to her. Yeah. Why is it the Monique's character putting on a voice for Evelyn? I don't know. It was a full cast. So why didn't you just have right. her? Like, right. spoiler alert, I am. we are going to be covering Good Omens next month. And I'm listening to that right now. And I'm listening to so the full cast. So good. Evelyn, uh, Good Omens is so good. I'm listening to the full cast version, which was just released recently, mm-hmm. um, which uh, stars uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen, just like the Good Omens show. And when the narrator is talking and someone comes in and speaks, it it switches to that character's voice. That's what I needed from this book. Yeah. Like, you already have the full cast audio. And the way that Monique put on Evelyn's voice, it was so different than Evelyn's voice. Right. And vice versa. And that really, it just, I couldn't. It just didn't work. It didn't work for me. It didn't work. I get it. And I promise you, and I know our listeners are probably saying, well, April doesn't like historical fiction. Like, this has become a thing on this pod. I don't like historical fiction. Molly loves it. She's way more of an eclectic reader than I am. But the truth is that, and Molly can attest to this, that when I was listening to this, and I was probably maybe three or four chapters in, I actually texted Molly and said, this isn't so bad. Like, this right. is, this is you not. Act, you enjoyed the book. It's not that you didn't enjoy the book. And I want that to be clear. There yeah. Were, and she, you, you know, we're going to come to that in here. Right. It's just when, and I want you guys to understand when we're pulling these books apart, we're not tearing them apart to tear them apart. Right. We, I enjoyed this immensely. Yeah. I enjoyed this immensely. This is a book of, uh, I We'll rate this high. I enjoyed it immensely. It hits my historical fiction heart real hard. It's great. I and whereas just, I thought it was full of a lot of cliches that bothered right. me. Like, <laughs> when we sit here and leave, this is constructive criticism. Yeah. We are not sitting here and just destroying these books. And right. I think sometimes people forget that. Right. So, <laughs> we're allowed right. our opinions. Right. Thank you, friends. Right. Next question. And, and the good thing is we don't. I think what our listeners come for, at least if I, I'm a fan of our pod, not just as being on it. Right, like I, but I like it's an honest review, right? I, I like that we have differing opinions because I feel like even when you go back to like, take, for example, our Harry Potter episodes, there were fans right. of Harry Potter that were like, oh, you made some really good points. Right. You know? Right. Um, so, so it's not, you, you, we're giving you different point of views. Mm-hmm. April has learned through her years of, library of how to be a critical book reader and mm-hmm. how to give a honest review right i am looking at this as a writer period right right and, and i am seeing spots where i would do things differently and where both of us are readers 
Uh huh. We do come from those different point of views. You come from the writing perspective and I come from the perspective of being a reader who reviews books. I mean, that's a big part of my job. Exactly. Anyway, I'm sorry to get derail us. I liked uh, it. I but love let's, it. Let's go on to the next Our one. Our second question. <laughs> so we're only 20 minutes in. 20 minutes in. <laughs> we're doing Man. okay. Um, we can see the parallels of this book in real life, Golden Year Hollywood. Golden mm-hmm. Years Hollywood. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this? So I actually had difficulty with the timeline for this book because okay. Evelyn comes to Hollywood uh, before the Golden Years right. of Hollywood. And um, at one point in the book, she mentions being, I think, 22 or 25. It was one of those yeah. two. And I remember going, fuck, I feel like the story has been going on for a really long time. Yeah. She lives a lot of life between 19 and 22. Like, not yeah. the year 1922, but ages 19 and 22. <laughs> she, lives, she lives a lot of life in there. She um, does. And, and so, like, it's, I mean, she's married twice and divorced twice within those years. Um, right. So it's a lot. So she actually comes before the golden years of Hollywood. And then is, she goes is through part, it. Is part of the golden age of Hollywood. Right. She is one of the main actresses of the right. golden right. year in her. Right. So um, I, I, I would have liked to see her reference more real. Right. Golden well, age artist. I, right. Because, and I know, I know this is something that you didn't like and Addie LaRue, you didn't want her to reference Voltaire. But I feel like this, this needed, needed this. This, this needed, needed this. Um, there were a few I noticed, like mm-hmm. she is very much hinting at Elizabeth Taylor in her life with Evelyn Hugo. There are so many parallels. I between- mean the marriages, but I don't know if the base story because the truth about Evelyn Hugo, well, there is spoiler, rumors, and I will. She's let. She's by. She's um, by. There is actual rumors, and I actually googled this after reading the book because I had to do a deep dive because you know very it's well you. I can't. It's who it's I you. am. Mm-hmm. There were rumors that Marilyn Monroe and L- Elizabeth Taylor were a thing for a little bit. Well, during, you- during that whole JFK thing. Hmm. See, I didn't know that. But the other reason why I had trouble with this timeline is uh-huh. because I'm a huge fan of Carrie Fisher. Star Wars uh, yes. is life-changing for me. Princess Leia has been a hero of mine since I was a kid. And Carrie Fisher married a man who was in the closet yep. and then left her for a man. And mm-hmm. she makes jokes about that or made jokes about that, that like, what does she know about men because she married a gay guy? <laughs> and so that that is where I kept going. I kept going to Carrie Fisher's family. Right. Um, her mom was a famous actress in the yes. Golden Age of Hollywood. Um, and, her mom's uh, fantastic as well. And and they infamously had a divorce because, I think because Elizabeth Taylor stole her husband. Yes! So um, so I kept wrapping it into that world. And that, that isn't the right world because Carrie Fisher was generation later. So, so I'm going to jump for the next celebrity. I noticed them hinting at hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to jump towards the end of the book. Okay. There is this accident mm-hmm. and um, the cab driver mm-hmm. off. She requests a major favor from her mm-hmm. to help him become a star. Mm-hmm. And when Evelyn Hugo is talking about the, the movie she got him into, she was referring to a Russian invasion of a small town in Colorado. And I instantly knew who she meant it was Patrick Swayze and the movie Red Dawn. Well, I've never seen Red Dawn, so I didn't know that. But I do know who Patrick Swayze was. I can't was. believe you've never seen Red Dawn. I've it is terrible, it. and everybody should have it burned into their memories because it's that amazing. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's okay, so Patrick Swayze is back from war. And he's visiting his dad, the local sheriff. And his little brother's a football star, and he's Mm-hmm. Who's played by, I want to say it's Emil, It's one of the Estevez brothers. I think it's Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. And um, and there, it's 1984. This is, okay. Oh, yeah, I was right. Emilio Estevez. Yes. I was so right. So they're in this small town, and then paratroopers come in. Mm-hmm. Oh, Leah Thompson's also in it. Oh, it's Charlie Sheen, not Emilio Estevez. So, wrong brother. 
Um, so, <laughs> so they're at <clears throat> Dana's house. Oh, it's Korea that's invading. It's the new Red Dawn that's right. No, I'm mixing the two Red Dawns up. Molly, this is the worst <laughs> synopsis ever. Okay, starting over. Whiteboard fixed. Okay, so. <laughs> Patrick Swayze's character is... I'm going to do this right. I'm going to do this right. Ignore the ADHD, Molly. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't... It matters to me now! It doesn't have anything to do with the book. It's Patrick Swayze. It leads back to Patrick Swayze. But the movie Evelyn describes, and then the career she describes that this Uh taxi cab driver has lines up perfectly with Patrick Swayze. Except it wouldn't because Patrick Swayze, how old was he in the 1980s? I think in his 30s, late 20s. Okay, well, maybe then. Um, But did you catch any other celebrity hints? Um, I cannot remember his name. Oh, oh no. There is a man, an actor from Golden Age of Hollywood actor, who lived with his roommate. Oh, um. And I cannot think of who it is, but he lived with a roommate his whole life. And, I mean, he was clearly gay. Cary Grant? Cary Grant! Thank you. And Clark Gable. Him and Clark Gable lived together. I didn't remember Clark Gable was a part of this, but Cary Grant had a roommate forever. Yes. Um, uh, and it, 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 a lot of people now are like, okay, so Cary Grant was gay. Um, oh, his, his roommate was Randolph Scott. Okay, so not. They were, they were labeled the two handsome bachelors. Yeah. So that was 100% what I thought of when it came to uh, Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and really Evelyn herself, because she's yeah. bisexual. Although, can I just say, the scene in which uh, Monique says... Evelyn, are you telling me that you want in this book for me to tell everyone that you're a lesbian? The moment, and it's a moment. It's it a, is moment. a moment. Evelyn makes everything she, a moment, though. Let's not lie. She <laughs> sighs and says, Have you not been listening to anything I've been telling you? I was married before. I am not a lesbian. I am bisexual. The <laughs> and she way was that just, she says that, the way that she says that was, is a moment. Um, it's very much. Get your shit together and pay attention right. to what I'm saying. Right. And it's a mother talking to a child, not felt, a woman talking to an interviewer. <laughs> and it felt very much like B. Arthur. Like, I felt like yes. that was a moment B. Arthur would have, like, you know. But um, I loved that, that scene because later we learn that the fact that she is bisexual was a problem for, for the true, her. true love of her life. Yes. Um, which is... Uh, um, I blanked her name, Cecilia St. James. Cecilia St. James. <clears throat> Cecilia was a lesbian and Evelyn was bisexual and Evelyn was fine with men mm-hmm. and women. Like she was truly bisexual, but Cecilia had a big problem with the fact, you know what it was? It was Arizona and Callie and Mark. Yes. That's exactly what I pictured. Okay. And, and once is- again, our podcast has gone from books to grays. <laughs> That, here's the thing. And this is actually a thing in the LGBTQ plus community. There are lesbians that don't date bisexuals, pansexuals, demisexuals. Any girls that don't, there they're, are lesbians that don't date outside of lesbians. Because, because they, they have they have issues with it, right? And right. that's a them thing and not a, a, a me judging thing. It's just a fact. Yeah. And it has to do with, you know, um, I've heard this said on TikTok, and if I can find it again, I'll say it again. Um, it was a pan woman explaining that it is one thing, there is one thing that the male gender can give a bisexual woman that a lesbian cannot. A penis? A child. Oh, okay. Well, that too. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can buy a penis, right? In a store, it comes in plastic and you can wash it and, you know, they're, they're all the things with those. But As opposed to a regular penis, which can't be washed. I mean, it can be, but it's not detachable. You can't pick your size, your color, your shape, your texture. Like, there is a lot of things that ha- that you can buy in a store that isn't naturally grown on a man. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> but um, it's more about, like, the genetic thing about 
having genetic children and yeah, that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, you, and again, yeah. I'm not speaking for the lesbian yeah. community. I'm just stating <clears throat> information I have read and understood from others. But that actually brings up a good point of something that happens in this book because Evelyn marries, um, uh, I just blanked on his name. Oh my gosh. Uh, Henry, 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 sorry, Harry, Harry, Harry Cameron, who is ultimately her best friend. And he is right. a gay man. And Evelyn learns pretty early that he's a gay man. He doesn't say the words I'm gay. He right. says, he says things like, I have a big secret and you well, don't he doesn't want actually even use the word. It. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he says things like, you're not my type and things like that. And she kind of p- puts two and two together. Oh, he's gay. But Harry and Evelyn get married um, and they're married to hide the fact that they are actually with other partners. So Evelyn's with, with Cecilia and Harry is with Cecilia's late husband. And let me look at my notes. So I can remember his name. Um, you know what? I don't have his name in my notes, so I can't remember. Um, oh, the football John. player, John, John, he's a football player. Um, and so Harry and John like, actually live in a house. Oh, Mr. And- All-American who's like, right. The quarterback right. of the century. Right. So Harry and John live in a house together and Cecilia and Evelyn live in a house together. And on in the newspapers, in the press, they're just like this really great, like double dating couple. Actually, <laughs> that people, love each other. And, right. Yeah. People are guessing that they're maybe swingers, which I mean, I guess in some ways they are. Technically they are. <laughs> they are swapping spouses. I mean, it's just not the way you think it is. I mean, um, but then her and, um, you just said his name. John. Her, John. No. Evelyn and her husband, Harry, Harry, Harry decide to they, have a child. They decide to have a child. Right. And that right. was my point. Thank you for getting me back to You're it. Welcome. Um, You're welcome. Harry has always wanted to be a dad. Yeah. And um, Evelyn can give him that. And he can give Evelyn that. Right. Um, and they do it the old fashioned way, which Cecilia doesn't love. That, right, but that, that they have sex. But, I mean, and and, and, and Harry the A's had sex with one other woman, so Evelyn's not the first woman that he slept with. Right, but um, th- I mean, this was a time before NDAs and fertility mm-hmm. treatment and all that were kept private. Like, well, NDAs existed because she has to sign one when she divorces uh, Don. Right, but it's like not talked about. She makes it seem like it's a hard thing back then. Right, because she, I don't know. I mean, to go to, they refused to go to I a doctor the, because they were afraid secrets are going to be spilled. That they yes, because it doesn't really matter what. And I mean, you can sign an NDA all day long, but that doesn't mean you're right. going to keep it, right? right? Right. You have a lot more money to make by telling the secret that Evelyn Hugo was going for fertility treatment. Right. Um, she was 38 when they got pregnant, right? Yeah, something like that. Which to me, like that had already been a whole lifetime because man, this book really drags on. <laughs> I could not do a newborn right now. No, thank you. No. I am thirty-eight. No. I mean Hard I had pass. both my boys in my thirties. So I was thirty-one when James was born and thirty-four when Sam was born. Um, and that's enough. Like I like my students' parents. I mean, are if my you're age. having no no judgment if you're having kids late in life. No. No, no judgment. Zero judgment. But zero like, judgment. I- I physically, Molly Biggs, cannot handle yeah. having a child at this age. I'm if exhausted. I have a child at this age, I am going to strangle Matthew Biggs. You I'm will exhausted. see me on the news, and I will, the next podcast I will be on is a true crime podcast, because <laughs> I will be having a baby in jail. Um, I'm exhausted, because I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. Like, yeah. it's a lot. Like, I'm, o- I'm old for that. Um, but I anyway. We have a teenager this month, dude. Think about that. No, I can't. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go on to the third question, shall yeah. we? Yeah. Since this is actually a great conversation to lead into. Yeah, Did but I have... feel like I know that we aren't like necessarily going through the question list, but we are having a good conversation. So that's good. at least we're on fucking topic this time. <laughs> uh, no more, no more uh, uh, inside jokes. You mean? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, I feel like at this point, people know what they're signed up for. Like you right. know what you're getting into, right? And if you don't, why are you fucking here, man? <laughs> um, do you have a favorite of Evelyn's husbands? Oh, one hundred percent. My favorite was uh, Harry Cameron. I liked Harry. I uh, think but he I was her best a, friend. A close second would be uh, Robert Jameson. Although, like uh, Celia St. James' brother, brother. Yeah. Like um, actually, he's my. 
what a good brother that you're like, yeah, sure. You can bang my sister and all. Well, he's like, you, you know what? I'm a whore. I know it. I'm yeah. good with it. Um, yeah. I actually, he fixed. I, I like Harry, uh-huh. but I have issues with men who are alcoholics and ignore their children. So I'm going to go he, with. I, 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 okay. I, I have to defend him on this. I'm not saying it's okay to be an alcoholic and ignore your child. I'm not saying that. He actually was trying to be a good father still. He was still there for his daughter a great deal of the time. Um, but he was grieving. The true love of his life died. Fine. And he was grieving him. Go. You can have your grief, but you cannot ignore your kid and become an alcoholic and kill yourself drinking and driving. Okay, so that he did do, but he didn't ignore their daughter. And I forgot her name. Let me look it up. Uh, I really should stop reading okay. so many books in between. <laughs> um, so, okay. But my favorite husband. Collins. Collins. My favorite husband is Robert. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to say the reason my favorite husband is Robert is because he helped Collins heal. He helped Collins he did. become. And I think while and he accepted Evelyn as she was, he didn't ask anything from her. Yeah. He, didn't I mean he honored his sister's wishes after well, and his the sister passes? Yeah, and the I interesting mean, thing about him is that he stayed with her even after Cecilia died. Um, they moved back he, to New York City together, and he's still married to Evelyn. He was married to Evelyn until his death. Right. I just I don't know. I liked him the most. I would say he's a close second for me. Like I said, I love that he. Um, I really feel like he loved Evelyn, not mm-hmm. in a romantic way. I think he loved her as like a companion, like, you know. Right. And I think the reason he stayed with her even when um, his sister died is because at that point they were each other's companions. Yeah. You know, they were both Um, seniors at that point and they were each other's companions. So I want to jump into a question I hand wrote before we move on. Okay. Um, Was there any of, I mean, there was a lot of death in this book too because she aged everybody um cecilia dies collins dies of emphysema and by the way that gutted me god it's hard um her daughter dies of breast or breast cancer, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. her her henry dies in the car accident, car accident. um john like, dies john dies of a heart attack heart attack like the all-american quarterback there, was attack. there any of those deaths that hurt you the most like as like caring for Evelyn as a character. Do you think Harry dying is the one that got me? I mean, of course, Cecilia. The, Cecilia the, was the one that bothered me the most. Um, Cecilia, yeah, sure. Definitely. That is obviously the the grieving point because that is the true love of her life. I wasn't as attached to Cecilia. I was attached well, to um, Harry. And here's why. Here's why. I really just had an issue with how Cecilia treated Evelyn. I'm not saying well, Evelyn was not to blame for some of their relationship problems. Harry accepted her as is. As is. Cecilia, Cecilia had, never did. Well, nope. in the end she did. In the end she did. But I think she was so set on um, being proud of who she was that she wasn't, she wasn't okay with Evelyn. Evelyn as is. Right. Um, I want to... Collins, the startling news that her daughter was dead and that outliving a child is mm-hmm. one of the scariest things I think would right. ever happen to me as a parent. Right. And I, and the, for those that, who have lost children before, mm-hmm. like they've gone, it, I can't imagine the devastation. Right. right. Like it is a thing you made. Right. A tiny human that's grown into the world. And right. Colin's dying had to have changed Evelyn. It right. had to have molded her into a different. And I think that's why she stopped giving a fuck. You know what I mean? And well, came to this conclusion to tell Monique everything. Well, I, I don't think it was just Collins dying. Collins knew the truth about her. She told Collins who she was. She told Collins yes. she was bisexual, but she was in love with Cecilia. They moved overseas. To Spain. And, to Spain. Yeah. I think what it came down to is that, number one, she wanted to tell Monique the secret, which I know we're going to talk about that right. in a minute, so I'm not going to divulge that yet. But I think she also wanted to tell the world about Cecilia. Yeah. And she had an excuse to do it because we find out, spoiler alert, 
that Evelyn is dying. Right. She has she also has stage four breast cancer. Um and uh so I think it was time for her to say, I want to tell the world who Cecilia was to me. Right. And I think that was a a story that only she could tell. Literally nobody else was alive to tell that story. Right. Let's actually get into that question and then we can jump back in. Sure. Um, There is a bombshell at the end of Evelyn's story that changes the way Monique Mm -hmm. views her. Yeah. What did you think of this? How would... Uh, so I have to tell you what I was doing when I was reading this. So okay. I was listening to an audiobook and I was weeding in my library. So for those of you who are not in the library world, weeding is basically what it sounds like. Like when you weed your garden, you get rid of the, the bad parts of your garden and you put in new parts of your garden. So weeding in the library is getting rid of old crappy books. I happened to be reading, weeding in the classic section, which was just interesting because little women was in the right. classic section. Um, and I, I literally dropped the book and went oh fuck yeah it was her dad dad which i I was devastated for monique i was too devastated for her but here's the thing i think it was also really fucking selfish of evelyn hugo oh a thousand percent she said brilliant writing to fuck with us man but evelyn brilliant so if you haven't read this and you here's your twist for you um the, the the accident that Harry dies in, the car accident, he is driving drunk. There is a man in the car with him. A man and of color. A, a, a man who's a, a person of color, a man of color. And he is in the car with him. And because he's still, uh, uh, Harry's alive, Evelyn basically uses the taxi driver to pull Harry out of the car and move the dead now dead man next to him in the driver's seat seat. monique grew up the whole time all her life thinking that her dad died in a car accident that he was the one that was drunk at fault for yeah yeah and it wasn't him evelyn says that she wanted to talk to monique about this because she felt monique deserved the whole story about her dad that she deserved to know that her dad was actually a gay man that he was with her her mom because that was the quite quote-unquote right thing to do it was 100% selfish. That was the one thing that Evelyn felt guilty about in her life. So she decided to divulge that information. She um, needed to clear her conscience. She was literally confessing. And she it, felt a multi-million dollar deal would make up for it. It didn't It didn't change how Monique felt about... Like, she didn't need to know that her dad was gay. No. Like, I, I'm not saying that that's a secret he should have taken to his grave. I think if you are... LGBTQ, you should be able to be who you are. I don't think you should even have to come out. Like, that's just who you are. Why do you have to come out? Why do we have to explain ourselves? Right. Why do you, I I owe you no explanation. I love you. I owe you no explanation. But it wasn't her job to tell Monique that. It was his story and his journey. And he died. So that would have been the end of it. So, um, so it explained why she wanted Monique, but I actually think the real reason why she wanted Monique was not because of that. I think it had everything to do with the fact that Monique in her career before she got with the, the magazine that she's now working for, before she got with that magazine, she wrote an article about, about death with dignity, yes. which is assisted suicide, suicide. Yep. Um, however you want to call it. And she thought, she, Evelyn, she, Evelyn, thought Monique would understand her perspective and want to hold her hand because Evelyn kills herself at the end. Do you think Monique will ever tell her mom? Well, at the end of the book, she says that maybe she will someday, but I don't think she will. I think she's going to omit it from the story. As hurt as, right, she would. As hurt as she was by that, would you really want to hurt your mom that, by the way, your husband didn't actually want to do with you because he thought he had to do that? Um, so there are two very distinct journeys here. Mm-hmm. Evelyn, as she's telling the full truth, mm-hmm. and Monique, as she's growing and changing from her time with Evelyn. Mm-hmm. What did you think about these choices from the author? Um, I actually don't think anybody grew or changed. Monique did. She no. learned She learned that she didn't want to be with her husband. She learned about who she okay, really was. So- she learned what she really wanted in life. All right. Those are she fair points. She learned to be honest. Uh, those are fair points. I will I concede the point that Monique changed. Evelyn did not change. 
Evelyn, Evelyn, Evelyn was who she was from the time, like I said at the beginning, by the time she knocked on Ernie Diaz's door. Yeah. No. I, I Hey, I know this isn't a question there but the, in your list, but I have a question for you. Sure. Because I think we need to talk about this. So one of the things about Evelyn that is um, downplayed a lot is that she is a woman of color. Color, yes. So she's a Cuban-American. Um, Which they never talk about. Right. They do not... Basically, Hollywood, basically Hollywood whitewashed her, right? For a fact. So they dyed her hair blonde and basically told her, you're Italian. Like, you can pass for Italian. I bet you dollars they did that a lot. They definitely did. Um, And I cannot think of her last name, but her first name is Sophia, something or other. She was in the Grumpy Old, the second Grumpy Old Men movie. Um, oh, oh, um, the one that used to be in all the old Elvis movies. I know exactly what you're talking about. She is a total bombshell, and she was a hot Italian woman. And that is what I kept picturing, like, they did to Evelyn. Like, we're going to just make you look like her. Um, um, you're talking about so- Sophia Loren. Yes, Sophia Loren. She was By in a way, bunch of Elvis movies, and she's... She's she stunning. Is... By the way... okay. She's, this says she's Italian and was born in Italy. Yes, she was. But by the way, side note, my grandfather, Grandpa Fred, uh huh, he was abs- That was his woman. That was his. Oh, woman. Sophia Loren. Yeah, he loved her, and I always thought it was so funny. But anyway, like that's what they did to her. They whitewashed mm-hmm. her. She wasn't allowed to be a, a Latina woman. Right. She was supposed to be white because she wouldn't have been cast. And I right. thought that was really interesting because, I mean, it's definitely true to the time, right? Women of color. I mean, uh, hell, we were seeing it in the 70s and 80s. Right. I mean, it's still today. I mean, right. just a few years ago, Hollywood So White was like a hashtag, right? Hashtag mm-hmm. Hollywood So White or Oscar So White. Yeah. Um, so I thought that or was really. washed Oscars or something yeah, of that nature. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting that she brought that element in. Um, um, I wish it would have been talked about more. It was a, I mean. She, I think in, I think I think she didn't need both. She didn't need the taboo uh, woman she did hit in Hollywood it. who was a woman of color, and she didn't need the taboo woman in Hollywood who was LGBTQ. Like she did both. She, <laughs> she did. Need both. She did have you know moments where we bounce back to it, like mm-hmm. when the housekeeper spoke in Spanish in front of her, mm-hmm. and then she checked her and spoke in Spanish and hurt to yeah. her again. But she felt. And then awkward. when they lived in Spain, she spoke yeah. Spanish. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about unreliable narrators before on the mm-hmm. pod. Mm-hmm. Is Evelyn a reliable narrator? No, no, she isn't. And I think that's the point of the story, right? right. She's never told her story before. She tells Monique, she's going to tell her the whole story and she does tell her the whole story, but she lives out, leaves out a huge chunk, which is that <laughs> she plans to kill herself when this is all over. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if she, I wonder if Monique will put, I mean, Obviously, the suicide's going to be a big thing. Yeah, right? but I wonder if no, she'll put it in no, the book. No, she would not because it, the official story was that it was an accidental overdose. Right. right? That, and and it's a, they were people supposing that maybe she just mixed up her medication. Um, you know, she's an old lady. She got a lot of medication and she was breast cancer and she lived alone and blah, blah, blah. And so that'll probably be what's in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one Evelyn uh, quote from Monique that I thought was interesting mm-hmm. when we were talking about Evelyn's, uh, Monique's point of view changing mm-hmm. of Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And it goes, I hate Evelyn, but I think I like her very much. Yeah. What, what do you think about this quote? I feel like there are people in my life like that. Kind of you right now, since you made me read so much damn historical fiction. I knew it was going to be me. <laughs> it isn't um, you, though. It isn't you, though. I, 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 There are people in your lives that you... Love frenemies. No, I actually take it to family. There are people okay, in my family yes. that I really want to hate, but I actually really love them. Yeah, and it hurts. I think that's different from Monique, because... I think what it comes down to for her is respect. Like right. she respects the fact that Evelyn is 100% herself the whole time. Well, and you know, we see little things about Evelyn that make you respect her. The mm-hmm. way she treats her staff, the mm-hmm. way she treated Monique, the way, I mean, she was always honest with Monique. Mm-hmm. She granted her staff, like mm-hmm. she gave her the house in Spain. 
Then she sent her on a paid vacation. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, but she did all that so that she couldn't kill herself. Right. Um, but I mean, she didn't have to give her the, the house in Spain. The only thing, the only thing that really I truly respected about Evelyn, and I hate saying this because I'm going to preface it with this. I don't want anyone to ever feel like they cannot be who they are. You are a human. Be who you yes. are. Be who you were created to be. But the thing I respected about Evelyn is that she knew that she could do more good for the LGBTQ community is if she stayed in the closet and filtered money to them. Yeah, I hate I hate that she couldn't be herself. I hate but she couldn't be honest about who she was until she was literally what a true statement. What a but, true statement. But she could do because- that. Yeah. Think about that. Think about somebody major. Like, let's take Leonardo DiCaprio for sake. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a well-known bachelor. There's always right. been rumors about his sexuality. I've never heard if, of them. He just seems to bang a lot of hot models who are way too young for him. If he came out as gay, mm-hmm. instead of him doing all this publicity and all this work to make the gay what they call the gay agenda, right? Mm-hmm. More predominant and promote, you know, shelters for kids. The stories wouldn't be about him. They would be about him and not what he's trying to promote. And that's exactly so, what she was doing. She didn't want exactly the story she to be was about. Doing. Yeah, she didn't want the story. Like there was literally a scene in which there were protests, Stonewall protests. Right, Stonewall. And should we go down there and be part of that? No, because then the story will be us and not them. Right. And it needs to be about these. Them gay men and what they're doing and man Um, did they do everything they could to help yeah they did and i think today is different i do feel like we have more um representation of people who are lgbtq in hollywood Mm -hmm. um i don't think everyone is out who's oh no absolutely not Um, i have a theory about uh alan tudyk and uh nathan fillion but that's for another time I think that's just a fantasy you want to have. No, good God, no. I don't like that. No, that's not it. It's just their behaviors and, like, they purposely pull each other into projects that the other has no business being in. Did have you, you seen Resident, Resident Alien? Yes! <laughs> and he's the octopus. I freaking love it. Right, um, right. Well, I, I don't know. I, I think that we have more representation today. I think people are less afraid to be who they are. Um, We have musicians who are out. uh, Mm -hmm. We have athletes who are out. Yes. Um, I think we're entering a world in which people's sexuality is not, is no longer the most interesting thing about them. And it shouldn't be. (laughs) No. It's like that episode of Grey's Anatomy where um, Lexi comes up with five things that are interesting about her. And she's like, these aren't the interesting things about me. These are the interesting things. Right. That's what I want for people who are LGBTQ. I want the interesting thing about them to not be their sexuality. Right. Because it's not a breaking point of who you are as a person. Right. Being by does not make your personality right what makes your personality is the books you read the tv you like uh right. the, the your favorite color right like, like i'm not gonna judge you for being gay i'm gonna be judging you because your favorite book is 50 shades of gray <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap up just kidding zero judgment on books here although i do judge you for that one <laughs> a little bit a little, little bit. bit a little bit um what the fuck is that Anyways, I gotta fly away. Ignore me, gang. Um, there was we're a doing movie. So well, <laughs> I know the ADHD just gets. The... I mean, I had a lot going on today. Like, <laughs> I know we're filming later. Um, I know it's fine. There was a movie in the works uh, for the book with Freeform, but then they dropped it. Mm-hmm. Could you still see this getting picked up? Freeform was gonna do it, like yeah. the thing that used to be ABC Family. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were gonna and, do and it, it as a movie. A... Yeah, and Hulu had it. I'll put the link in our notes. Um, um, okay, so I'm sorry. What was your question? I was too distracted by Freeform. You're like, really? Freeform? Like the people yes. who did Pretty Little Liars? Yes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> really? <laughs> um, yes. Do you, it was going to be a movie, and it got dropped. Like, the contracts didn't uh-huh. get finished. It was a whole miscommunication uh-huh. trope. Um, in, in real life, IRL. In real life, IRL. Um, do you see it getting picked up eventually for a movie or a it's show? It's so wildly popular that I can't see that it won't. Right. But I, I, it's not one I will see. I, I will. I would prefer it to well, be a TV show. 
Molly, you want every book to be a TV show just so that they can, so, like, not cut okay, parts of it out. But you, but you also realize that, like, I don't pick, have pictures in my brain. I have mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. So to be have it visualized mm-hmm. is important for me because I don't get to visualize in my dome. I just, I'm not sure how well this one would work on film. I mean, it's really popular, so it'll probably well, get Well, I feel up. like... And also, Hollywood really likes tooting their own horn, and it's about Hollywood. um, But the problem with this is there's so much symbolism to actors that have gone by. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, when that documentary about Michael Jackson came out and his estate sued, I think you're going to see a lot of estates getting really pissed that they're likeness is being used without their permission Mm -hmm. or insinuating. I don't think you're right about that. Because I think the people who are ref- that might be referenced in there will not want to say a damn thing. I it'll mean, be it'll be like um, the help. Nobody yeah. wants to admit that they are the person being referenced. Right. Um, okay. Final thoughts. What did you rate it on Goodread? Oh, I'll look it up. But um, final thoughts. Um, I think they do, that she. I. Hmm, I don't know, Molly. What are your final thoughts? Oh my gosh, why won't my computer open Goodreads? What the hell? I enjoyed the book. Uh, it felt long for as as it, I don't want to call it simple as I guess that's the only word I have right now. It as simple as the thought, the idea of this book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like, if you're breaking down the the nuts and bolts of this story. Mm-hmm. It feels longer than it needs to be. It's I, really I, too long. It's really it too feels long. really long. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. We didn't talk about this much. Evelyn tricking the rock star into marrying her was hilarious. Yeah, I enjoyed that immensely. Um, <clears throat> I thought this book was really just full of a lot of cliches and bad tropes. And I'm not saying that her writing was bad because I don't think she's a bad writer, but. I rated it a two on Goodreads. Um, it looks like I actually officially gave it. Um, it does look like I gave it a two, a full two, not at one point one point five. Um, but I actually said, besides having a decent plot twist, this book is bland, predictable, and cliche. Okay. And I'm gonna stand by that by that because I honestly just don't understand why so many people liked it. Like to me, <laughs> it just wasn't it. Um, I I did think. Um, so I would it- say. I would say the most interesting part of this book was that Don Adler was an abusive husband and beat her. I thought that was really interesting that she included I that. Think it felt very realistic for the times. I wasn't surprised at all. I, I the way she talked about him and the way he was very self centered. I knew he was. Gonna it was be realistic for the times, but I didn't think it would be included. Made me think of the stories you hear about Lucille Ball and um, her husband. Desi Arnaz, back then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. out of uh, our, this, you know, I didn't even do this, this episode and like, I, know. I feel like, <laughs> oh yeah, I left a lot of the book, a lot of the book made um, me want to ring a bell. Out of the three historical fictions we've done, this is my favorite. I haven't even finished Lost Apothecary, but mm. it's a bit much right now. Mm. Have fun. I have finished it, and I want to throw that book in the fucking Tim's. I mean, all right, you want to talk about what we're doing next week? Yeah. All right, so I fucked up, guys. I fucked up last week and said that we were doing Hunger Games this week, but we're not. We fucking I fucked up. So, so it was seven, seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So next week is the Hunger Games series. Uh, here is my box set of my hardbacks. I don't know where they are. Hunger Games. I think Piper has I them. also have the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes in um, hardback. And uh, fun fact about that episode, you guys. For the first time ever, we recorded out of order because I... Molly didn't have her shit together. <laughs> Hi. I am Molly Biggs. I never have my shit together. Where have you been? And I had to go somewhere the week we needed to film The Hunger Games. So we filmed it out of order, but it's fine. Um, it should be great. And then we're going to wrap out the month with this fucking book. The Lost Apothecary by Sarah the Penner. pretty. 
Uh, gorgeous cover. I love this cover. Uh, of course, I love the map inside too. Which yes. I was so pretty... if you haven't seen, if you, if you listen to this one, which I think you did too. I listened I'm working to on it now. Yeah. So I, I'm not um, a fan. I'll talk about it on the pod. It's a full cast audiobook, and um, it, it does have a beautiful map in the um, in the uh, physical book. So definitely take a look at that. I love this a good map in a book. This book also has. Uh, Reader's guide. It has questions. It um, has it's recipes. Also, it's also popular on the socials. Um, and so that's what we're doing. And then that's how we're going to wrap up the month. But then, guys, guys. The one. The, the only, only. Nurse Katie. Nurse Katie. Nurse Katie is coming back the first week in April. We will be dropping an episode in which we will discuss John Green's brilliant book, The Fault in Our Stars. Fuck that book. It's going to hurt my heart. <sighs> I I was laying in bed beside Tom reading it, literally Crying. sobbing. And Crying. so he was asleep and woke up and was like, are you okay? And I'm like, absolutely <laughs> fucking not okay. <laughs> not okay. Um, but we're going to discuss that one with Nurse Katie. Um, and we do have another guest coming up in April. My husband, our editor, Tom will be coming up as well. Um, he is going to host the episode in which it will be our 42nd episode. And we will discuss uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you know, you know. 42, if you know, you know. Um, and so that's it. That's what's coming up. Follow us on social media for more things that are coming up. Uh, we'll see you next, next time. Yeah, sounds good. Bye. Love you. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anybody else. Today's book was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.